On today's episode, we talk about Fritz Harmon and Dina Schlosser. You're listening to Bad in the Boondocks, baby. Welcome to Bad in the Boondocks. As always, I am one of your hosts, Dan. And I'm Giroux. How's it going? Hope everybody had a really good week. Hope everybody enjoyed the bonus episode. Yes. All right. Um, please go to our new website, boondockspod.com. Also, like our Facebook page. And go to Twitter and follow us at at Bad Boondocks. Yep, and then go, you can also go to Instagram, and our handle from there is Boondocks Bad in the, but you can just look up Bad in the Boondocks and press follow or send us a message or um, send us an email at um, badintheboondocks at gmail.com or you can leave us a review, a like, a five star. Well, I'm very depressed this week we have had one review (laughs) come on y'all you've got to pick up your pace i need some reviews coming in yeah and just remember we are doing the contest this month again we're doing it every month so remind them what that contest is yeah um basically you take a picture of your review that you did or and then you send it in to bad in the boondocks at gmail.com and at the end of the month we will look through all of the entries and we'll pick it randomly and once you um get picked we'll contact you and you get to pick something from uh, i don't know like a number of things off of from our merchandise yeah 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 so you need to Write that review, whatever platform you're on. Take that screenshot, email it to us. We'll draw your name. Also, last month, if you entered, you're still entered for this month, except if you won, of course. Yeah. (laughs) Next up, please consider supporting the show. If you notice, we do have ads now. I don't like ads. Nobody likes ads. But until we get a little more support we've got to have the ads just to pay for this we have to pay for the merchandise we give away yeah we have to pay to host this to to even make this podcast so we've got to have ads until somebody goes to himalaya and becomes premium members or goes to patreon and becomes a member what, what? you get a lot of cool stuff i'm not gonna lie to you the bonus episodes i really enjoy making And I think people can enjoy listening because they're real fun. They are more funner. If you think, I love that word, funner. (laughs) Not a word, but anyway. Yeah. Um, You made it. You made it into one. 
Yes, I did. If you think that you know us by listening to our regular podcast, you don't. You don't know the half of us. I swear, because because we pull it all out there on the bonus episode, and we are completely real and raw and ourselves. Yeah. Yes. And there's a little promo going on on Patreon right now. If you join, you will get a a video message from me and Drew thanking you and a little talk to you. And just think what you could do with that video message. You could replay that video message like all Many the time. time. Many times you want. Anytime. And you know, I, for whatever reason, I'm yeah. just putting it out there. Yeah. You could look at our faces. Well, or whatever your need. <laughs> really? Well we, well, we are a lot more fun on the on the Patreon and, you know, the Hamlet and extra episodes, you know what I'm saying? And all of the premium content is ad-free. Yes. Um, but that promo with the video, the personalized video, is going to end in about a week, so hurry up if you want that video... <laughs> Who, who knows, whenever we become huge as Crime Junkie or something, that video could be worth something. <laughs> For real. Sure. I doubt it, but I would, I yeah, would like... Yeah, a little faith. I would like that. Oh, it's happening. Mm. It's going to happen. Okay. I, I mean, I hope so, because... Please consider supporting us, and and... If not supporting us, if not writing a review, please put us on your social media. Advertise us for free, people. Tell Get our friend. names out there, please. Yeah. Tell a friend. Yeah. Tell an enemy. Because I really don't want to have to quit work for somebody for the rest of my life. I really don't. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, you probably will. You probably will, so then you're just giving up faith that we can turn this into something. Well, I'm not going to tell listeners, oh, I want money so that I don't have to work no, anymore. No, it's not money. I that want is what it you're saying. to be a full-time job, though. I would like it to be. You All right. Well, okay. Um, who's going first this time? I think it's my turn. I don't think everybody listened to our bonus episode, so you might need to recheck and make sure that you caught that because we released a bonus episode on Sunday. Yeah, but... Everybody didn't listen to it. Yeah, we just now got... We know. We look at our numbers. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Well, anyways, we just now got the link RSS feed thing fixed. Yeah. So now we are back working, and it is now updated on Apple and every other... Supposedly every other platform. Yeah, because we had lost... A bunch of people because it wouldn't go out to all the platforms that we were really on. So now it's finally going out to all the platforms. So, And I just want to say to that one listener from Brazil, we see you. <laughs> we know that you're listening to us. We're not stalkers, but we do see you. We see everything. We look at everything that deals with the podcast multiple times a day <laughs> i know and then we just look <laughs> at it and then whenever we get a good review we we read it to each other read it. read it to everybody else in our family and then they act like they don't care because I know. they don't think our podcast is anything but exactly y'all need to get with it and get those reviews and let them know that we're the shit down in these boondocks yeah yeah yeah, yeah. all right it's my okay. turn to go first yes it is all right enough chitty chatty okay okay all right. Okay. Can I go? Go. For real? Yes. Just, just go. Go. Oh, okay. 
Well, I'm doing Fritz Harmon. Born in Hanover on October 25th, just around the corner. You act like I know where that's at. Where is Hanover? Germany. But if you would wait for the rest of the sentence, you maybe would not. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Born in Hanover on October 25th, 1879, during the German Empire, Harmon was the sixth child of a poor couple. Kind of like you, except for you're not an only, oh yeah, you're not a sixth child, you're the first child, but to a poor couple. (laughs) You're not even that poor, like... Well, that's what I've heard every time that they find people find out that you're my son. They're like, "Oh, y'all, poor." Oh couple. my God, you asshole! <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ollie and Johanna. That was his father and mother. That's a pretty name. Yes, it is. And Ollie's Bargain Bin is a very good store too. Not Ollie. Uh, Johanna. Yeah. You like Johanna, don't you? Yeah. I sure. can't see what you're doing over there. The box. Is <laughs> oh my blocking. God! What? Yeah, because I got this giant ass box in front of me because of the sound. So he was motivated by his sickly mother to play with his sisters as dolls instead of boys' activities. I mean, that's, I don't see anything that wrong with that. I mean, I did that, and you weren't forced. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't forced. Hell, you still let um. Rayanna give you a damn makeup makeover. That wasn't recently. That was the summer. That doesn't make it any better. Never mind. Okay, summer just ended less than a month ago. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) As a result, Harmon seemed to have a bit of a feminine personality. He also had sadistic tendencies in which he would tie up his sisters and also tap windows during the nighttime to cause rumors of supernatural creatures that roam about in the middle of the oh night. Oh, my God. Who actually... I do that. You know, I've tapped on the windows quite a few times trying to scare that, y'all. But I just think that, oh, my and God. that's how you grow up William style. No, I just think about it as there's my stupid dad standing outside trying to scare somebody whenever we live in the middle of nowhere. And Christmas time, I always would go... And jingle the bells by the bedroom of my daughters and then get up on the roof and pretend like Santa was up there. And they just found out that was me like last year. Yeah, I know that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was great. Now I don't have to climb up on the roof. (laughs) And you don't have to buy Santa Claus presents. Yeah, you do. We still do that. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. We just put from dad Santa from mom Santa. Oh, my Lord. Okay. He also harbored a dislike for his father whom he would threaten to throw in jail as Ollie supposedly murdered a train driver. Performing terribly in school, Harmon was sent to attend a military academy at New Berschrauch. Yep, that's how you say it. It is. Mm -hmm. For real. I actually listened to it. So it is. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Oh, chill out. I believe you. Now, if I say it different, it's because I listened to different pronunciations. No, you didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Though he did well, Harmon was eventually discharged for medical reasons after having a series of seizures. Returning to Hanover, he found employment at a local cigar factory. Sometime in 1898, he was arrested for molesting 
several children, but was deemed psychologically unfit to stand trial and was sentenced to a mental institution. Six months into his stay, Harmon escaped and sought shelter in Switzerland before returning to Germany at the age of 20. Around 1900, he was able to seduce and marry a woman named Erna Lewert, later impregnating her with their child. Oh. Harmon then abandoned Erna in favor of a life in the military. Oh, wow. Now, that was one hell of a marriage. It's like, you know, I'd rather risk my life than stay in this. Yeah, I'd rather. <laughs> yeah, that's basically what it's saying. Or just live with a lot of men, watch them shower, and play with guns. Pew, pew. That, that's also true. <laughs> <laughs> that could be also true. Yeah. Becoming a soldier, Harmon, much like the serial killer William Burke, led a successful life under the occupation. However, in October of 1901, all of that abruptly ended when he collapsed during an exercise and was diagnosed as having an unspecified mental deficiency. It's kind of like I say that you have all the time. You know, it's not known. It's just unknown mental deficiency. He just says... Continuing on. Oh my God. As a result, he was discharged and sent back to live with his family. His father, Ollie, made at least one attempt at putting Harmon in an asylum, but the local doctors merely deemed him as morally inferior. Harmon attempted to open up a small business of his own but it went bankrupt immediately and was closed. Sometime after this, he started a series of petty burglaries and con jobs to easily oh, gain money. I huh? said cock job. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> and spent about one-third of the following two decades being incarcerated for such crimes. Because of his frequent arrests... He became well-known with the Hanover police, even becoming one of their informers after his latest release in 1918, just to redirect police's attention from himself. Simultaneously, World War One. I. I have to say it slow. You always... I have to say it slow because I can hardly say I, world. I do the same thing. I always say World War One. Yeah, it's like World War One. <laughs> yeah, I say that too. <laughs> World War One. You still say will. <laughs> I'm trying. Began. And he was hit hard by the inflicted national poverty. Mm, I bet it was. Yeah, hit real hard. <laughs> I'd hit it real hard. Oh my God, shut up. Harmon also started a number of misdemeanor sexual offenses that went unnoticed by authorities, mostly because his partners were too ashamed to file reports. I mean, I would be too. Wow, it's quiet. (laughs) (laughs) Awkward. (laughs) I couldn't think of anything to say to that. Yeah, I know. I couldn't either. I just just threw it out. Just see if you caught it, but... A statement of his. And this is Hillbilly German. I never intended to hurt those youngsters... But I knew that if I got going, something would happen, and that made me quiet. 
I would throw myself on top of those boys and bite through their Adam's apple, throttling them at the same time. <laughs> you said quiet. <laughs> Finally, Harmon suddenly snapped and murdered a 17-year-old youth named Friedel Roth on September 25th, 1918. Following from eyewitness accounts provided by Roth's friends and the pressure from Roth's family, authorities raided Harmon's residence and found him with a teenage boy in bed, having been seduced by him for about nine months. Harmon was arrested for sexual assault, but the police, for some unknown reason, never searched his house, and as a result, he was cleared of any suspicion of Roth's murder. Eventually released, Harmon later met Hans Granz. Hans Granz. Mm, okay, okay. At the Hanover Central Station, and the two became fast friends and eventually homosexual lovers. In early 1922, they moved to an apartment, number 27, which was located in the haunted area of Hanover. As they would say, it was full of ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> Just real scary ghosts. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Hans, Hans Grunts, you better quit. Quit speaking me, you silly goose. Know, you silly goose. Oh my <laughs> God. Maybe jump out my clothes. <laughs> oh my God. Harmon then started murdering young men again. This time by luring them in by pretending to be a police officer. Grange became his accomplice after unexpectedly returning home to witness Harmon murder his second victim, 17-year-old Fritz Frank. In the following nine months, 12 men were murdered this way, with their dismembered remains being dumped at the Lean River and their valuables used to provide the two with money. The killings went unnoticed until in May 1924, when over 500 human bones belonging to Harmon's victims started washing up downstream in the Lean River. Oh, my God. That was a lot. 500? Yeah. That was a lot. A lot. A, a, a lot. Oh, my God. Sheer terror gripped Hanover, and citizens dubbed the killer as the Butcher of Hanover. Now, Hans Granz spent his early years as a petty theft before running away from his home, making his living by selling old clothes. Man, they could have made it sound a little better because, like, even if you put give them to Goodwill, you just don't be like, my old clothes, here they are. But, like, who's going to buy just old clothes? Say, gently used clothes. Okay, I don't have anything to say about that. He soon met Fritz Harmon at Hanover Central Station after offering to prostitute himself in exchange for money, which is usually what prostitution is. Mm-hmm. Or sex work. Yep. The two soon became friends and then lovers. From March 1920 to December of the same year, Granz traveled through Germany, committing petty robberies before returning to Hanover and reuniting with Harmon on Christmas later moving into a new apartment. On February 12th of 1923, he returned home unexpectedly to find Harmon murdering his second victim, 17-year-old Fritz Frank, 
He condoned the act. He said, no, no, you must not be a very nice little goose. That's a bad, That's bad a boy. bad goose. I'm going to have to spank that monkey. <laughs> <laughs> but he condoned the act, but he soon became Harmon's accomplice and living partner. Grand even chose two of Harmon's victims for him. One of them, 17-year-old Adolf Hannapel, who was murdered on November 11, 1923. Grands was arrested on July 8, 1924, and initially found guilty to enticement to the murder of Hannapel. Harmon and eyewitnesses verified that Grands picked Hannapel out for the former, and as a result, Grands was sentenced to death. However, he was cleared, and the sentence was reduced after a letter written by Harmon that declared Grand's innocence was discovered. Instead, Grand served 12 years in prison and was eventually released. He continued to live in Hanover until his death in 1975 from natural causes. He was kind of old. Yeah, I know. How old did you say he was? Well, he died in 1975, and I know Harmon was born in 1879. That would be quite old. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. Well, anyways, I think I've, that was a pretty interesting I'm not finished. story. You're not finished? No. Oh, shit. I thought you was done. No, I'm not done. Oh, well. Proceed. Great Lord. Proceed. Finally, we're back to Harmon. Harmon suddenly snapped and murdered a 17-year-old youth named Friedel Roth. Wait, I already said that. Okay, sorry. Harmon's last murdered victim was 17-year-old Eric de Vrijs. At this time, police had begun an enormous manhunt for the serial killer. Suspicion quickly fell on him due to knowledge of his 1898 molestation crimes and the disappearance of Friedel Roth years ago. Police silently observed Harmon, and on June 22nd, they apprehended him after he attempted to lure in a would-be victim, Carl Fromm. Where was Carl Fromm? I don't know. I don't know. From Hanover Central Station's where he's from. (laughs) Fromm had spent several days in Harmon's apartment before, during which he was sexually assaulted by him. Harmon would later confess to his intention of killing Fromm, marking the first time that he was guided by moral principles. Although it ironically proved to be his downfall. Sorry. Great God. From marking the first time, police searched Harmon's home and found the wall sporting bloodstains, with Harmon alleging it to be an unhandy result of the illegal meat trade business he ran there. Mm, I bet yeah, you. Whatever, he, yeah, he was, he was meat trading. He liked the he meat. Was trading meat. Mm-hmm. However, officers found clothing and belongings of his victims and arrested him on suspicion of the Hanover murders. Harmon quickly confessed to being the perpetrator and claimed that the number of lives he took ranged from, quote, somewhere between 50 and 70. Though police made it official that the true body count was measured to 24 to 27 victims. He then aided officers in finding undiscovered parts of his victims, 
and the dump sites at the Lean River. He proved overall to become extremely cooperative in the investigation, save for instances in which he was confronted by families of his victims or conversing about decapitation, which he always did, to which he would become withdrawn, because who doesn't love a good decap, right? Really? You just made a joke about Jesus. What? Where, okay. Where's Jesus? Just keep Is going. Is he here? Just keep going. Hello. <laughs> Harmon's trial began on December 4th, 1924, and was conducted at the Hanover Assize. As the term serial killer had not been coined yet, there were no words to describe Harmon other than werewolf or vampire. Hoping to take Grons with him to execution, he resorted to accusing him of some of the murders, which the court actually came to believe. A notable aspect of the case was the shock that came to the public after the discovery that Harmon was a police informant, and therefore the police never came to suspect him of the murders, even though witnesses pointed him out as being with his last victims. Harmon's trial lasted for two weeks and required 200 witnesses. He was found guilty of murdering all but three of the victims tied to him and sentenced to death by guillotine. Guillotine. You, oh. You don't pronounce the L's in, in guillotine. 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 Excuse me, guillotine. Good Lord. Gosh, I guess he was going to get decapped. <laughs> On April 15th, 1925, he was beheaded by guillotine, but not before he said as his last words, I repent, but I do not fear death. That was kind of unremarkable. Is that it? The remains of his victims were buried together in a grave at Stockener Cemetery months before his execution with a large granite memorial inscribed with the victims' names and ages being erected on April 1928, I said I th erected. I think you just put that in there just no, to didn't. say erected. Harmon's head was preserved in a jar by scientists who used it in their studies to examine the structure of his brain. It was being kept at the Gottingen Medical School until 2014 when the brain and head was finally cremated. He also said that he would make two cuts in the abdomen and put the intestines in a bucket, then soak up the blood and crush the bones until the shoulders broke. Mm. Then he could get to the heart, the lungs, the kidneys, and chop them up and put them in his buckets. He would take the flesh off of the bones and put it in a wax cloth bag. It would take him about five or six trips to take everything and throw it down the toilet or into the river. He said that he always hated doing this, but that he couldn't help it, that his passion was so much stronger than the horror of the cutting and the chopping. You know that you could sort of just like, um, um, let's see chop a person like all the way up and then flush them down the toilet then there would be no evidence 
receptor in your septic tank. Yeah, Which but is I'm, like right outside our door. So I know. <laughs> like, wow, that went a long ways. <laughs> Maybe if you live in the city. Yeah, if you lived in the city, I mean, but that would be shitty. <laughs> Literally, shitty in the city. <laughs> yeah. Harmon usually targeted young male commuters and runaways, but he also occasionally killed male prostitutes. He found all of his victims hanging around at Hanover Central Station. He lured them all to his apartment, and then he would offer them food and drinks and then kill them by biting through their throats. Mm. He referred to this as his love bites. Wow. Some of the victims were also sodomized after death. So, you know, necrophilia. Mm-hmm. wonder if that was before the beheading. Anyway, the victims would then be... Oh, I answered my own question. The victims would then be dismembered, with the parts being discarded at the Lean River, with the exception of the first victim, whose body was buried in a cemetery. And their possessions he would always sell on the black market. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes he would give it to Hans as a little gift. Okay. I mean, Grans. Yeah, Grans. And that was pretty good. Okay, that was a pretty good story. And right now, we're going to have a promo for you to listen to. By our friends at Dumb and Busted. Yep, here we go. Dumb and Busted has been called, quote, one of America's greatest treasures by three out of three hosts of the show. Dumb and Busted is a weekly true crime comedy podcast with stories of exceptionally smart and insanely dumb crimes. Comedian Hunter Donaldson has hailed it as the greatest thing to come out of Portland since comedian Hunter Donaldson, who is me, also hosts the show. Podcasters Allison Copeland and Hannah Ether praise Dumb and Busted as, quote, found on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Just more rave reviews from two other people who host the show. Catch us every Thursday and follow us at Dumb and Busted on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Crime you later. And, and we're, we're back. Back. <laughs> yes, we are. Um, Make sure you go and check out Dumb and Busted. And no, it's not talking about me and Drew. We'd we're be we're, smart and busted, duh. No, we're just broken broke. That's all that we are. <laughs> broke, broke. <laughs> I don't fucking know. <laughs> but anyways, I do have a story for, for you. Thank you, you for something. asking. All right. Yes. Um, I'm going to be talking about Dina Slosher. Saucer. ugly name. Mm, today. Well, let me get on it. <laughs> Oh, oh. <laughs> you're going to get into it. Get on into it. They go all in it. You've seen movies about these types of people. Well, you maybe sat around the campfire telling horrific stories similar to this one. I think we all can say that we've had nightmares about shocking, very shocking and gruesome things. Yes, one time I had a nightmare and I had switched bodies with you. That would be the death of me. You loved it. You went to go use the bathroom. You had to pee, and you were like, whoa. (laughs) Yeah, I seriously doubt that. (laughs) Okay, back to the nightmare. Um, But in this case, the scary stories or nightmares are all too real. This is the case of the crazed woman, Dina Slosser. I mean, she sounds crazed. Yes, she does. She could slice with her sloss. 
yeah, that makes no sense, but <laughs> she was born in 1969. Oh, that was a good year, 69, baby. <laughs> That's the first thing that you think of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and okay. everybody think of that? Mm, not really. Only, I think it's only us that think think about that every time that we hear the... I'm like, oh my God, you said 69. <laughs> exactly. Every time that we hear that number, it just comes up. 69. Every time like somebody's like, something 69, I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, you said 69. Especially in church. If they ever say something with 69, I'm like, oh my God, they're so freaking being vulgar. <laughs> um, Dina grew up in a middle-class home. When she was eight years old, she was diagnosed with hydrocephalus. What is that? It is fluid on the brain. When did you get your doctorate, you smart boy? After you looked it up from the first time, <laughs> from the first time we done recorded it. <laughs> um, Damn, you brutal honest. <laughs> well, people always teach you to be honest. Um, before the age of 13, she had endured eight major surgeries to um, implant stents into her brain, heart, and abdomen. That's a lot of surgeries by that age. It is. Because of this, she didn't really form any relationships with anyone, especially with girls her own age. Girls that she went to school with would make fun of her because of her shaved head. This would affect her profoundly later on in life. She made it through high school. Yippee. I'd be like, bitch, but in the future, Britney Spears is going to do this. Sinead O'Connor done did this. What does that have to do with anything? With her shaved head, and they're making fun of her. She oh, okay. Been, if she only knew the future. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, anyways, um, and then she started going to college at Marist University in Putin. Keep ski New York. You shaved your head once. Yeah, you don't have to bring that up. In the bathtub. Yeah, you don't have to bring that up. With a razor. Yeah, you don't have to. Just a strip. Yep. It's like a landing strip. There. (laughs) And then you said, then you said, can I just get some of that spray and spray on it? (laughs) Yeah, because your dumbass always told me lies and said that if you spray this spray on your bald spots anywhere on your body, you no, can grow hair. Actually, I told you that if you put underarm hair, if you put ch- my arm, if you put my <laughs> hair on you, then it would make it grow, and you actually did it. I okay? mean, I was a, I was a stupid <laughs> child. Quit criticizing me. Um, there, <laughs> shut up. There, she also met her future husband John, and they hit it off right away, fully in love. She did end up graduating from there with the bachelor's degree in psychology. Mm, that like is, she, that, she's yeah, need a that is ironic. I know because she, yeah, John did not graduate. Mm-mm. They decided to move to Texas, where the bachelor's degree did not come in handy because he wouldn't allow her to work. Okay, so he has no degree, but he won't let her work. Yes. And what is wrong with your face? There's nothing wrong with my face. Why do you keep making that face? It's just fine. Anyways, um, um, let's see. Yeah. Dina and John had two little girls, and they had a third one on the way. This was when Dina started to go, uh, pretty crazy. She oftentimes would have psychotic episodes and was 
briefly put into a psychiatric hospital. She was hearing things that were not there and had attempted suicide after Margaret, their third child, was born. She did not seem in the right mind at all to take care of her children, and Texas Child Protective Services, or CPS for short, began investigating her after she had gotten out of the hospital. She began attending church, the Water of Life Church to be exact, Mm. with Pastor David Davidson. He preached that mental disorders were caused by demons. Yeah, that's a lot. And you know who else does that? It's holiness churches. Yeah. They do like and say that. No, that just means that you're messed up. That's what what it means. It doesn't mean that a demon has crawled inside of your body and made love to your brain. <laughs> okay. It's squishy. <laughs> Continue. And wet. Yeah, whatever. It might feel good, actually. Oh, my God. Shut up. He convinced Dina to stop taking her antipsychotic medication months before the actual murder took place. Yeah, and that's why you don't listen to your preacher. Mm. Everything was just building up. She was still hearing voices, and people that knew her said that she began to act strange. November twenty second, 2004, she came home and told John that she wanted to give up Margaret their newborn, to David Davison, the pastor of the church. John was completely confused by this. She explained that her little girl was destined to marry David, even though he was in his 50s. Holy shit. (laughs) Yeah. John sort of didn't really take her seriously, so he kind of brushed it off. I mean, he sort of knew that she was fucked up, but didn't really know what to do about it. The next day, he went to work, like he normally did, and Dina claimed she was hearing voices from God. God had told her to cut off the arms of her 11-month-old daughter and herself. The odd thing is, like it wasn't crazy enough, she grabbed a small steak knife of all things. She then pinned her small, innocent daughter down and started to saw off both of her arms that little girl had to endure the worst pain anyone could imagine from her deranged mother you know what hold on we're gonna stop right here for a second because first of all that bitch cray crap but second of all i don't believe like i don't even want to hear oh god told me to do it because i'm just gonna let you know she was very crazy but if god's telling you know it you might would question him. Yeah, that don't mean that you listen to the okay. voices that tell you because stuff. Because if God's telling me, hey, cut off this girl's arms, I'm going to be like, you know, God, I might, I'm going to think on that. Maybe send me a sign, since you're all powerful, send me a sign down here to cut off the arms. You know, like a letter or something. A letter? <laughs> yes. A videotape. Proving that you're doing this because I'm not just going to do it just because I hear you say that I don't I can't see you. That doesn't make sense. No, but anyways, um, you know what? But I don't really want to call her mother because she's sort of a disgrace to any mother out there. I mean, what kind of mom really would go through eight months of pregnancy have nine months? Well, (laughs) 
Some usually pregnant for some nine months. moms do eight months. Thank you, and some do six, but the norm is nine months. Oh, sorry, I got it confused there. Okay, sure. I don't know about pregnancy. We haven't told him storks don't bring babies yet. <laughs> Shh, whatever. I mean, I haven't had a child, so I I don't really know. <laughs> really, no one would ever know. <laughs> Um, Let me know when you do have it and which hole it came out of. Oh, my God. Margaret passed away, well, of course, from her injuries from blood loss. If this wasn't depressing enough, before Dina got to cut off her own arms, police stepped in and stopped her. Oh, of course they did. Yeah. I would have been like, excuse me, we'll go back outside and come back in in five minutes after <laughs> you're done. I know, I know. But anyways... Earlier that day before the horror took place, an employee from the local daycare center that Margaret and the second oldest child went to called Dina to see if she was going to bring back the kids to the daycare. You know, and this is describing why the officers showed up at the house at that time. Well, the employee became worried for the kids as Dina was explaining about what God had told her, so she called the police immediately. An officer was dispatched to go to the residence. When the officer got there, he walked to the window, and what he saw was shocking. He saw Dina covered in blood and what was left of the little girl lying on the floor. He called in the incident and backup was called to the house. They rushed into the house. When they entered, Dina went over to sit at the dining room table and asked the officers if they wanted coffee with the knife still in her hand as the officers were screaming for her to drop it. She was clearly insane and was found not guilty by reason of insanity. John divorced her, of course, while this was going on, and got a no-contact order. In them vows it says, Through sickness and help, until death do you part. Yeah. She was sentenced to North Texas State Hospital until she became sane enough to be released. She was in there for four years, then was put into an outpatient program because of cutbacks. Her roommate, while she was at the hospital, was none other than Andrea Yates. You know, the woman that drowned five of her kids in the bathtub. Yeah. She, of course, was on psychotic medicine, birth control, and had to meet for all of her appointments, which I don't think that's too much to ask for sawing off your baby's arms. So she really only went for four years in the hospital. Well, while she was released, she did abide by all the rules for some years, but then she stopped taking her medication again. One day in 2010, police were called because she was rolling around on the road in traffic, yelling out Bible verses, so she was sent back to the hospital. She was then released a year and a half later. When she was released, she got a job working at Walmart as a cashier and a shelf stalker. Once Walmart found out what she had done, they fired her immediately. But... She is still out and about walking the streets as a free woman after cutting off the arms of poor Margaret. What justice. 
Exactly. And that is my story today. I hope you enjoyed. I mean, awful story, but it was a good story. Thank you. I actually you, did really enjoy that. Yeah, you never tell me how, what a good job I do. Well, because I actually enjoyed this one. There are some that I don't enjoy. Well, there are 99% of yours that I, I was playing. It's about 50-50 for you. Some of yours I just sort of get lost, and I just quit listening, honestly. And it I sit over here. for you to get lost. Well, I sit over here, and then I'll hear you say one word, and then I'll say, mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Or like, yeah. Those are my favorite. Or like, well, anyways, that's also a good one. Yeah, that's why I really don't ever look at you to say anything. I good do thing say most stuff. Of my stories don't need you to say anything. Yeah, but I do say stuff. Yeah, you just like you said, you say very generic stuff that could be said at any no. story. No, I said 50%. Now, the other 50%, I do ask questions and Thank get engaged. Thank goodness, even whenever I do not like your stories, I still listen and say something that is not generic. Yeah. Um, sometimes you and, don't. And even ask questions that you don't know. A lot the of times you to. don't. A lot of times you don't. Though. Yeah, most of the time. Let's go back. We, okay, fine. we got a few. We got a few. No, hundred hours that we can spend doing this on this <laughs> podcast episode. No, I'm fine. I'm fine. No, I let's am, not be though. conceited though. I am fine. <laughs> Shit, honey bun. <laughs> well, I the think blind people at the blind school they'd be like, "That boy is fine." Yeah, whatever. I don't for the blind. I don't for the blind. I don't know what he's saying, but you've got a podcaster's face, okay? You've got a face for radio. No, I do not, because you can't see it. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) That was a bad one. But um, I think you think that's all that we have for you today. I'm so sorry that we have to leave you. With just this, I mean, I thought it was pretty good, but... I think it's a pretty good. This is almost 50 minutes. <laughs> yeah, but it wouldn't have been if I wouldn't have been talking. Really? <laughs> I'm just picking. Really? I think, I think that we both contributed to the conversations here. Why does everything have to be a competition with you? Because literally our stories can be a page long, and if we just talk about it and keep talking about it... It's the same time. This one is actually a little longer than ours have been being, just a few minutes. Yeah, but, but it all... Usually it matters not if we have five pages or one page. It's always 40 minutes. I know that, but <laughs> it's usually whenever we have, like, the page or page and a half, it normally lasts longer than the days that we have five pages. Well, because we don't want to say a lot whenever we've got a long story, because then we're like, we don't want it to be too long. Yeah, I know, and I'm just like, oh, my God, just get through it, <laughs> you know? Okay. That's what she said. <laughs> that was pretty good. Must right have been there. talking about you because she yeah, was sure as hell wasn't, yeah. wasn't talking about me. No, she just said get through it. Because I up. last a long time. See, she ain't talking about you, Minute Man. No, she was just talking about oh, hurrying up. Oh, oh, okay, on that note. Whatever. <laughs> I think that that's all that we have for you today. Please, and... three things, y'all, if you're still here with us. Mm-hmm. Please. Think about going to Patreon, Bad in the Boondocks, and supporting the show so that we can get rid of these ads. Please. I want some supporters. If Trump got supporters, why can't we? Because <laughs> Trump is rich as hell. 
Yeah, but we're not, so we need the support. Yeah, he didn't even need the support. I know, and people gave it to him. Whatever. Okay. I mean, and if they do, come on. We don't even talk politics like some Southern fried does. People, yeah. <laughs> but we keep our politics to ourselves. As we do. I don't even give a and shit. And y'all about, support her. I don't give a shit about politics, honestly. Nobody I don't care. gives a, You know what? Your opinions on it is just like an asshole. Everybody has one. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't, you in a shitload of trouble. Literally, honey. All right. Go, think about supporting us on Patreon or Himalaya. Yes, and make sure that you leave us a review, screenshot that thing, and send it in to badintheboondocks.gmail.com. We are doing this raffle again this month. I think that it's a great idea. And, and you get to choose from a good bit of stuff. Coffee mugs, um, water bottles, water cup, I meant sports cups, t-shirts, pillows, notebooks, phone cases. I mean, it's a bunch of stuff you get to choose from. Awesome shit. Come on. Wear our shit. Also, become a Patreon because in the next week, if you do, then guess what? You get a video of us. A video? We ain't even going to tell you what kind of video. Exactly. Leave it up to your imagination. Oh, my Lord. Whatever. <laughs> All right, y'all. We love you. Thank you so much for listening. And you know, I fence stand. I'm always Drew. And this we... is Bad in the Boondocks. We love you. Wait, 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 wait. I was waiting wait. on you to Wait say a something. second. Wait a second. Wait Are a second. Fart? I, I'm, no, I'm so sorry. I, I can't cut it short. Um, are you gonna fart now? What What was that last thing that I said on the last episode to end it out? What oh was my it? God, that was a week ago. Almost. What was it? I don't know. What was it? It was like, and we're out. Maybe no, that's not what I said. And we'll you leave it because I've got to pass gas. Okay, whatever. And we'll leave it to you. Bad and no, that was not it. Yeah, I know it wasn't. Signing I'm... out. And we're signing out. Is that it? Yes, it is. Oh, yeah. <gasps> this See has ya. been Stan signing out. And I'm out. always true. And we're signing out. Signed out. See ya. We signed out. <laughs> <laughs> In cursive. <laughs> Shit, See y'all next week. Public schools don't teach that anymore. No I know they don't. But we still sign out in cursive. Yep. Love y'all. Sign out.